Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27, called, I am your healer. You guys remember the story in the book of Ruth? It's about a woman named Naomi. Her name means sweet or pleasant. And she had a husband and some sons and there was a famine. There was no water, no food in uh, Bethlehem where she lived, where Jesus would be born later. And so her husband let her out and they went to the land of Moab. And unfortunately, her husband dies and both her sons who had married Moabite women, they both die. She's lost her husband and her two sons. All that's left to her is two foreign Moabite daughters-in-law, but now she doesn't even have sons for them, so they're gone. So there's a tearful uh, departure. They hear that the Lord has visited his people in the land of Israel, and Naomi is going to make an exodus back to the Holy Land, and she tells her daughters-in-law, don't come with me. I got nothing to give you. Stay in your homeland and rebuild your lives. And one of them says, okay. It's very, very tearful, a woman named Orpah. And then Ruth says, no, I'm going with you. Where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Where you live and die, I will live and die. So off they go, and they come into this land of Bethlehem, the house of bread, the future birthplace of the Messiah. And when they came into town, the city was stirred, Ruth 119. And the women said, isn't that Naomi? Isn't that sweet? And she said, don't you call me Naomi. You call me Mara, because the hand of the Lord has been heavy against me. You call me bitter. Don't you call me by that name. And the two women settle down and they have nothing. But if you know the story, Ruth goes out into a field. She begins to glean and by God's providential hand, she runs into a man named Boaz and he's the kinsman redeemer. And he's gonna redeem the women and the land and everything. And Ruth and Boaz fall in love and it's a love story. And all of a sudden, God begins to restore back to Naomi All the bitterness becomes sweet again. And the end of the story goes like this. Boaz marries Ruth. A baby is born, a new blessing. And there's a picture of uh, Naomi taking the baby. And it's almost like she adopted the baby because that's what all grandparents pretty much do, right? And the baby's name is Obed. The baby is the grandfather of David who from whose line comes the Messiah. You, talk, you want to talk about turning something bitter into something that would be sweet living waters for generations to come? Now, those women had no idea what God was doing, and they probably still had their share of questions. But a woman whose name was sweet saw God work, take the bitter things and redeem and give a grandchild from whom the Messiah would come. His name means one who serves, and that's what the Messiah came to do, to serve. Keith Green says it well. There is a redeemer, Jesus, God's own son, precious lamb of God, Messiah, holy one. Thank you, my father, for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done. J. Vernon McGee, who battled cancer, he's that sweet Southern voice that you hear on the radio. He's long since gone home to be with the Lord. He dealt with his own cancer and he said, You may not realize it, but the oasis at Mara is the normal Christian experience. 
When bitter experiences come to a Christian, it is puzzling and perplexing. In the pathway of every believer, there is Mara, and God has arranged it all. Someone has said, disappointments are God's appointments. And McGee says, I have found this to be true in my own life. Perhaps you find yourself in a place like Mara. And you're wondering, well, can God make the waters of my life sweet again? Maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you're feeling unstable. Maybe you're emotionally overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. Maybe you feel like you can't take much more. And bitter, 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 it's like it's the word. But it doesn't have to be. God can turn the water sweet. Without moving you, he can just touch it by the power of the cross, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, Lord. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I I suppose it would be good, you know, all of us would think that maybe the best thing is to go from the miracle of the Red Sea right to the promised land, but God is not into shortcuts. He's working. And even though I don't always get it, and I don't always know why I end up in a wilderness place, whether it's physical or otherwise, I know my God is faithful and he's molding and shaping me into the image of his son and preparing me for the promised land. And so here's the statute that was given to Israel. This is the takeaway from Mara. If you will give earnest heed 26 to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I've put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. I am Yahweh, Rophe, or Rapha. Obedience was their test. How did they do? Not so good. That whole generation perished in the wilderness except for a couple of people. Brethren, this is why we need Jesus. He passed the test. Jesus heals us. God reveals himself as Yahweh Rapha, the God who heals, the God who provides. In the Old Testament, Rapha or Rophe refers to wellness and soundness, both physically and spiritually. It means to restore, to heal, and cure, not only in the physical sense, but in the moral and spiritual sense also. He heals the bitter waters. He's the doctor of our salvation. Brethren, this hit me this week. Holiness is healing. Because much of what God is trying to do in our lives is preventative medicine. Please hear what I'm about to say. I know it's always wonderful when we hear miracle stories and God does still heal and he's sovereign over healing. But would to God that we would take the preventative medicine of not getting ourselves to the point where we're in such deep trouble that we're boxed into a corner. Now, sometimes that's unavoidable, but you guys get what I'm saying. We had a doctor here at the first service and I kind of winked at him because I know what he does. He does preventative uh, stuff with the diet and with exercise and he's trying to keep people from getting sick. That's part of what God is saying here. But we're in a fallen world and sometimes we're gonna end up in that situation. And even then the Lord will be gracious. The promise here, says another writer, was not that Yahweh would never allow those who place their faith in him to get sick. It was that the Israelites would be free from having to worry about the plagues. It was was also an assertion that it was to him they must turn for healing if they ever found themselves afflicted as a result of sin. 
The story of healing from the snake bites in Numbers 21 is exactly the sort of situation envisioned by these words. If you're taking notes, write down Deuteronomy 7, 12 through 15, and Deuteronomy 28, 58 through 63. Let me just tell you what they say. God says, if you obey me, things will be well with you. You'll live a long life, etc." If you disobey me, these are general principles, then you're going to have plagues and problems and the like. Now, I'm going to preach for about another five minutes, but what I'm about to say is extremely important. And I got to take you to one more passage, and it's 2 Chronicles 7. We'll have it up on the screen, I think, for you here. But I want you to go there because this is the verse that we always quote in our prayer meetings over our nation. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, etc. right? It's, it happened around the dedication of the temple, Solomon's temple. God spoke these words to Solomon. Pick it up with me, 2 Chronicles 7, 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, 2 Chronicles 7, 12. I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself, the temple as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, what's your Bible say? And will heal their land. He's our healer. Now keep reading. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, the temple, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And as for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, even to do according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne, as I covenanted with your father David, saying you shall not lack a man to be ruler in Israel. 19. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes... And my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will uproot you from my land, which I have given you, and this house, which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. As for this house, which was exalted, everyone who passes by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? And they will say, Because they forsook the Lord the God of their fathers, who brought them from the land of Egypt, and they adopted other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all this adversity on them. Brethren, if we are going to ask the Lord to heal our families, back to Exodus and we'll finish it, to heal our land, to heal this country, to heal this state, and we thumb our nose at his commandments. And I'm not saying that commandments and works save you, but I'm saying, generally speaking, the principles of scripture, when we redefine things that God has made, when we thumb our nose in his face to the sacredness of life, and then we say, oh, heal our land, and we have an hour and 15 minute church service where we think that's going to fix it. It ain't. In 70 AD, that temple fell and some people call it the second or third temple. The Solomonic temple fell. The temple in Jerusalem fell, never to be rebuilt again. And it is a constant testimony of this fact. The Lord will honor people who honor him. And if you won't honor him and you kick him out of your nation, he will say, then I will leave you with the consequences of what you've decided to do. Would to God that we say, oh Lord, heal me, heal my heart, and heal this land. Amen. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. When we thumb our nose in his face to the sacredness of life, and then we say, oh, heal our land, and we have an hour and 15 minute church service where we think that's going to fix it. It ain't. In 70 AD, that temple fell, and some people call it the second or third temple. The Solomonic temple fell. The temple in Jerusalem fell, never to be rebuilt again. And it is a constant testimony of this fact. The Lord will honor people who honor him. And if you won't honor him and you kick him out of your nation, he will say, then I will leave you with the consequences of what you've decided to do. Would to God that we say, oh Lord, heal me, heal my heart, and heal this land. Amen? It's the truth, brethren. And so they came to Elam, final verse where there were 12 springs, maybe for the 12 tribes, 70 date palms, and they camped beside the waters. Elam means a place of abundance or large trees. It was an oasis. They came to this place of, you could say, living water, set up an easy chair, give me one of those drinks with, you know, fruity drink with the umbrella, and I'm staying here. And it's Elam, the place of abundance. And that's where the chapter ends. From the bitter waters turned sweet to a place of abundance, a place to rest and recharge. This is what God does, and he's so good and gracious to do it. So this week I'm studying this passage, and I'm in bed reading a commentary. I'm with my wife. It's okay. We're married. And, <laughs> and I come across this name, Elam, which is only in the Bible a handful of times. And I can't tell you I've thought much about Elam for years. And I went, I go, Elam, Elam, that's ringing a bell to me somehow. And I went, And the hair on my arms begins to stand up because here's what's happening. Tonight, a pastor is visiting us from Chicago who pastors a Pentecostal Romanian Christian church called Elam Pentecostal Christian Fellowship. And I went, oh my goodness. Brethren, we... Miracle helped us with this. We had to try to lock a date in with this guy. I teach chunks verse by verse through the book of Exodus. I really have no plan. I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow, right? What I meant is I'm not planning this out. Oh, we're going to do this and it'll be Elam on this. No, no, none of that. And I think God was saying this to me. Michael, I know where you've been. I know where you're going. I know the bitter waters that you've faced. I know the sweet times that you've experienced. I'm going before you. I will be your rear guard. I know the battles that you're fighting and I will be your abundance and your supply. Amen? Amen? George Matheson says, I trace the rainbow through the rain. So we have lunch with Pastor Christian and the worship team can come on up behind me and 
Friday, get to know him. He's a wonderful guy. And he can talk. And uh, he's a preacher. You're going to really enjoy him tonight. And I said, Pastor, why did you guys... And I told him the story. And I said, why did you choose Elam? And he said, Pastor Michael, we had a handful of names. And we, I put it to the people. And we, we prayed and talked about it. But we ended up at Elam because we as a church want to be a place that when people walk through our doors, they find healing and restoration. The abundance of the Holy Spirit is there, the abundance of love. They can get out of that crazy world and find a place of refuge, an Elam. I thought, how beautiful. God, make us an Elam to our culture. And they tried to shut down Pastor Christian's church, and they blocked his parking lot in Chicago so people couldn't go to church. And he said, we just want to be Elam. We just want to give the hope and the healing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And tonight we're going to hear his story. And our God is good. We can't close the doors. People need the healing of the gospel. Yes, be wise. Yes, be careful. Yes, if you're sick, stay home. But in the end, the church has a chance to be Elam to this world. Help us, O Lord. Let us never forget that every time we open those doors, and look, I think more than any time in our history, it's a privilege to open those doors. Let us be Elam to a hurting and broken world. Father, help us to be a healing people to others. We can't heal people, but you can. The healing waters of the Holy Spirit, the power of the cross. Jesus, you drank the bitter cup to release the sweet waters of salvation. One day we will be in Elam. One day the tree of life will be there for the healing of the nations. There will be no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow. The curse will be no more. Elam is coming. And that heartens my soul. And yes, we're in the wilderness, Lord. And there's times that we find oasis in the desert. And we're so grateful for those times. Help us not rush past those. But when we experience our maras, help us know you're still there. And you can turn the bitter into something sweet. Encourage that person who finds himself right at those waters and is like, really? I don't know if I can take much more. Encourage them that you will see them through. If you're not a Christian, I don't know what more I could say other than trust the Lord, repent of your sin, believe that Jesus entered our pain and passed the test. Trust him for your salvation. You can't save yourself. You can't heal yourself. But he's the healer. He wants to heal your soul. Trust him. Cry out to him, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you entered into our pain. Live the perfect life. Pray it if it's you. I believe you died on that terrible cross and drank that bitter cup for me, though you were innocent. I believe you conquered the grave and defeated death and showed who you are. Be my king. Be my God. Be my savior. Be the one that guides me as my Lord. Father, let healing waters flow out to anyone who's opening their heart in prayer. Whether they're a committed believer, a backslidden Christian, or a brand new believer, let your living water flow out to your people. Bring that sweetness. Brethren, just let the word of God, just let it go down into your soul just for a moment. Receive it for you. Thank you, Father. We love you. Thank you for your people. Strengthen us for the wilderness places ahead of us. Strengthen us and help us be thankful for the sweet times we enjoy. We love you. In Yeshua's name. You've been listening to I Am Your Healer, part three on Walk in Truth. 
And that's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, 22 through 27. If you missed any part of today's program or parts one or two, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And could you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? Or if you're listening on podcasts, could you click the share button? If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom line is that the ultimate healing that so many are looking for comes in the healer. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, came to heal our souls. By his wounds, you are healed. You see, the ultimate disease that we have is the SIN virus, 100% deadly, 100% of the time. You see, we are sick because of sin and dead. If, if you're an unbeliever, the Bible says dead in sins and trespasses. But Christ came to make us alive and he bore our curse. He bore the penalty of sin that we deserved. He was innocent and he took our place. And if you want to be healed in the ultimate sense in your soul, because one day as believers, we'll get a new body and and God will take care of all that other stuff. But the healing that you need first is in your soul. You must, Jesus said, be born again or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. But when you are born again, you have the promise of the kingdom and all it really takes this is simple yet profound, is to trust in the king. The king of glory left heaven, came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the dead. Won't you trust in him today? He is a prayer away. You might cry out right now if you're driving, keep your eyes open, Lord Jesus, heal me. Forgive me. I believe you died on that terrible cross to pay my sin debt. I believe you took the curse for me, the curse of judgment, what I deserved. I believe that you resurrected from the dead, just as the Bible says. And I'm turning my life over to you to be my Savior, but also to be my Lord and my King. You know, he is faithful to save anyone who simply will come to him in faith. Hey, if you need help with walking out that decision, now that you've you know, made a profession of faith. What do I do now? We're here to help you. We have pastors here locally Tuesday through Friday, normal daytime business hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your walk with the Lord, help you get a good Bible, help you get connected to a church. It's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, uh, January 5th, we have a very special 633 event coming up here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor here in the city of Corona. And on February 5th, really one of the top apologetic voices uh, in our really world on the issue of abortion and life is Scott Klusendorf. And Scott Klusendorf is actually going to speak at our morning services, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and come back for a 6.33 event on the evening 
of February 5th. In his image is the title of the message, A Case for Life in a Post-Roe v. Wade World. Now, you all know that this is obviously a very controversial topic. It is literally sometimes feels like it split our country in half. But what Scott does a great job is with is he gives arguments, reasonable arguments, so that when you're uh, talking with a friend, debating with a coworker, whatever it may be, Scott will give you re- well-reasoned uh, answers to see uh, what the Bible says about life, but to see what reason and logic say about it as well. This will be a night for growth. If you come back for the 633 event, there'll be a Q&A time. We'll have a chance to interact with Scott on this issue of life and abortion and questions that you may have as well. You can uh, join us that night on February the 5th, and you can get information and directions to Living Truth when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab. That's walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab. Hey, I would love to see you out here if you're a radio listener. If you have a home church, and I hope you do, come on out for the evening and grow in your most holy faith. 633 at Living Truth in Corona. Check it out on February 5th. I hope you'll join us. God bless you. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 21, called Bread of Heaven. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.